Hello and welcome to the Get MKD podcast. My name is Marcus K. Dowling. As promised, I've seen you soon before I saw you later. Welcome. I'm a creator, curator, innovator, and iconoclast. On this show, in 30 minutes or less, we solve for a future we love by obsessing over the past and appreciating the present. In this episode, I discuss my creative motivation. Now that we've set the stage, here's a bit of a backstory. In or around the year 2008, I was 30 years old. I'd just been laid off from my job database in commercial real estate. And I had also just been gifted a new car, a Dodge Neon, by my mother. I named the car Bocephus because at the time that I was placed at the time that I was at in my life, I figured that this time in my life was going to be accompanied by a great deal of me engaging in wine, women, and song with all my rowdy friends who had yet to settle down. Really exciting time. Started going out to bars more, started hanging out later, started just getting around and, and having a good time. I didn't have to go to work in the morning, so it really seemed like just just be having fun. I didn't really have any motivations per se. At the same time, I was getting, I was always interested in the internet, but I became far more of a fan of the idea of social media. Uh, The ability to be able to have one-to-one eye-to-eye connection with, well, for me, it was, you know, like the the, the last eight years of friends that I had made uh, from college onward. I could keep in touch with everybody I ever partied with when I was an undergraduate at Providence or everyone that I had known in my first, you know, eight years in the professional workforce. And that was fun. That was exciting. Uh, it, was a, it was a good time. But even deeper, when it came to MySpace, for instance, I could befriend bands and, and DJs and artists and people that I, I found to be intriguing just from my musical uh, interest at that time. I liked hip-hop, I liked R&B, I liked garage rock, too. So all those mid-2000s Detroit garage rock bands and Brooklyn garage rock bands. It's only funny now because Maddie Safer of the Raptors, who went to my high school, Georgetown Day, is now a friend of mine, and I was certainly a fan of the Raptor. I was also a fan of Mooney Suzuki. I was a fan of uh, Von Bondi's, the... God, I can any great number of bands. And as well, I was a fan of M.I.A., the Sri Lankan rapper, who uh, kind of was the, the progenitor of, of the hipster generation. I thought her songs were fun. I thought she was different. I thought she had a great perspective. I am, you know, politically a little bit actually far left of center. So her political ideology at the time kind of melded well with mine. And I uh, like listening to music that challenged me intellectually. So uh, I, I decided to friend and follow her. In the midst of that, I came across an artist named Rai Rai from Baltimore, Maryland, who was a Baltimore Club rapper. Now, I had been a fan of Baltimore Club music, an offshoot of Soulful House and Gospel House. And when I was a, when I was a teenager, I could tune in on late nights and get the stations from Baltimore and Washington, D.C. And Baltimore Club music, which blended uh, hip-hop breaks over Soulful House, was just a cool, cool music, like... You know, you had these uh, these songs that uh, also involved a great deal of like kind of like gay Vogue house culture too. So it was just this really 
fascinating blend. Uh, there were DJs like KW Griff uh, that I was particularly fond of. When I heard that Griff was mixing, I'd always tune in. So I was like, okay, I'm going to hear these cool edits of these songs that, you know, like I, I was fond of. And I'd hear some, you know, some some cool breaks that were like based off of pretty much anything. So he had a song called Chris Rock Joint that was based off of his uh, – his his DJ his 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 comedy routine where he says that everybody does everything in the club, and it's just it's a great it's a great track. So stuff like that I was into. I was really really a big fan. And turns out you know Rai Rai was this person on MySpace who was making Baltimore club tracks with a DJ named Blackstar at the time, and they were performing a show in Baltimore with an artist by the name of O Snap. Mickey Fortune uh, is a good, great friend of mine. I've known Mickey since the time I went to go see Mickey perform as the closer for, for Rai Rai, or the opener, rather, for Rai Rai. So, so it was like, it was a good time. And, you know, I went out and I saw this artist perform, and I knew who she was affiliated with, and the crowd was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Uh, they were, you know, kind of like less than, you know, like stereotypically acceptable cool white kids dressed like young black kids from the 1980s. A lot of tight jeans and, and high top sneakers and shell toe sneakers and cool sunglasses and baseball caps. And I was like, that's fascinating. And in the same room, there weren't a lot of black people. So I felt like it was this weird dichotomy that was happening that felt inherently socialized capital S, like socialism, but also in some levels like low-key high post racist. And that really frustrated me. So I was like, okay, well, and I like the music. So I'm like, okay, I like the music, but the scene is weird. And maybe there's something to this. So there's just something about the room. I was just like, wow, like what set of social conditions could exist that could allow for this room and this music to be played in this room, in this city at this time, in this place. So uh, I've been a journalist since I was, gosh, I was in elementary school. But I really took my journalism seriously in college. I was, as many people probably know, I was the commentary staff editor of the Providence College Cal for all four years I've been in school there. So I could write. And again, I was in this weird time in my life where I had this brand new car and I was going to see these shows and do the stuff that was different. And, you know, I figured I would write a little bit about this show that I went to go see and this culture that I was experiencing. And from there, I, I wrote the piece and I got a bunch of hits. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Because I started a blog and I was like, I started a blog on Blogger called True Genius Requires Insanity. Because I'm like, this is absolutely insane what I'm doing. But at the same time, if I go back and I see the same kind of room again, there's something genius here. Went to another show, saw a DJ by the name of Diplo perform a DJ set with a Philadelphia Club, Philly Club. Same thing as Baltimore Club, the break's a little harder. Uh, the the energy's a little hotter and faster and, you know, more intense. Uh, a guy by the name of DJ Sega, who's a friend now, Robert Taylor Jr., a good, a good brother of music, of independent underground music. And I was like, wow, okay, so this is, this is, the same thing, but it's just bigger. There are more people here. So I'm like, this Diplo guy must be a guy. 
So I remember talking to one of my friends and saying, hey, like, you know, I want to go see this one show and this other show. And this is kind of a cool thing. I think I'm going to get into it. And they're like, well, who are you going to go see next? And I'm like, well, I'm going to go see A-Track. And they're like, you mean Kanye West DJ? And I'm like, okay. I was already a fan of Kanye. So I'm like, okay, so this is all tied into Kanye somehow. So there's like all these points of interest. And then I'm starting to tie this together. And then I'm starting to visit these other blogs. I had a blog, so I read other blogs. And I started to download all these 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 electro tracks and these hip hop tracks and these unreleased mixtape tracks. And I started to realize that there was this whole world that was emergent and that was vibrant and that was fun. And I started to go to more shows because I'm like, oh, these people are touring. There's a whole touring economy based around independent underground music. And then I was like, wait, so I went to some of the shows and they were sponsored by Scion, the car company. So I was like, wow, this is incredible. So brief aside, um, people who know that my work in country music and Americana folk and uh, all those uh, related genres, whenever I'd go to those shows and I'd be on the way back home, I'd play country music because my ears were tired from hours of pounding hard electro that would tend to accompany either the show itself or the after party. So uh, country's always been there. Back to the story. So I'm like, this is fascinating. I'm just mind blown by the whole gambit of what I'm seeing. So I started diving in more and covering more. And I guess that's the point where my passion jumps in. Because the more that I wrote, the more I started to realize that this was something worth covering. There was a thing here that was reflective of a future where the, the election was coming in November, where, wait, the president could be black. And if the president's black, and this is where culture is, then this could be something wild, something that would be so radical and so life-altering for these young people that are experiencing this thing that it could really, like, change their lives. So then I'm like, I resolved myself. I'm going to go to as many of these shows as I can because, you know, I'm not going back to work anytime soon. And I'm going to write about these shows and I'm just going to like just generally kind of stick my nose around because, again, I was laid off, didn't really have the motivation to want to go back to work yet. And I knew that this culture was significant. So that was the crucible in which my passion was born. Uh, Obama was elected in November. Uh, all of my favorite DJs, producers, rappers creatives in the space all became superstars. And from there, the notion became chasing the dragon. And that's where our motivation came in. So more about chasing the dragon after this commercial break. Interested in recording a podcast like Get MKD? Well, it's as easy as pressing a button on your phone. Just like I did, you can download Anchor, a free app with creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you to Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. Everything you need to make a podcast is available in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.
And we're back. So this jet, this dragon. Success begets success. I speak to many of my close friends about this idea of the law of abundance. Uh, the law of abundance merely states that, again, success begets more success. And maintaining a positive mindset about your life, creative, professional, and personal situations allows for a, or rather it engenders a sense that anything is possible within the realm of your existence. So I was surrounded by just really successful people who were all kind of like doing these burgeoning, intriguing, culturally redefining and socially resonant things. Uh, friends of mine who, you know, like started record labels and I had friends of mine who became number one pop rappers and I had people I had shared bathrooms with who were signing major record deals. And I was in the city in Washington, D.C. by that point where a guy like Wale, who I saw all the time just about town, was, was doing a song with Lady Gaga, who was the most popular pop star of that time. So I'm like, okay, who am I in the midst of all this? And I hadn't figured that out yet. But that became my raison d'etre of sorts. Who am I in the midst of all of this success and all of these incredibly dynamic people who alongside the president at the time were inarguably changing the scope and impact and dynamic potential of our world. I know that sounds like a lot, and, and, and it certainly is a lot, but in living a life where you're, you're, your your day-to-day -day existence is defined by such gargantuan extremes, uh, it makes you dream and think the same way. So my passion initially was to figure out who I could be in the midst of this culture. And I knew I was a writer, but I was yet a journalist. I was not yet a journalist. Um, but then six months, I resolved myself to become a journalist, and I did. I started writing for Philippa Hughes' Pink Line Project. From there, I decided I wanted to be the most relevant journalist in music at any given time. Within a year after that, the Moombatone movement, the uh, global tropical bass movement invented by Dave Nada, and that now has begat the re-resurgence, the reascendance of reggaeton, uh, which of course is the most pop dominant form of dance and cultural music there is in the world right now. That fell into my lap. So from there, I'm like, okay, I want to be an arbiter of this. Then a year from there, I started writing for Complex, uh, for Do Androids Dance, which was their electronic dance music vertical, which is now no longer open. From there, I'm like, I want to have a hand in ensuring that independent underground culture has a perpetual space to be dominant in dance's mainstream. Uh, that begat me working for 
Insomniac, which they, you know, are the people behind Electric, Electric, Electric Daisy Carnival. So this was like getting to a level where I was like rapidly ascending and I couldn't believe it. Uh, in the midst of all of that, I became the executive director of Listen Visual Recording Studios, where I helped them start an online streaming radio station and had 80 hours of first-run broadcast every week, broadcast programming. It's just one of those things. And that all comes from the fact that when I opened myself up to the law of abundance, and then I had incredible goal setting as my abundance, then that's where the motivation to succeed came from. However, around 2016, 2017 or so, I'll say that I hit a fork in the road. I always like to say I'd done everything I'd done, I'd seen everything I'd wanted to see, and I had all the success I ever imagined I'd have. And it's coming from a place where I didn't have a snowball's chance of hell of understanding what it was when I started. So from there, and this is to the point of discussing motivation as a sustainable notion, because the way that I was running, I was running these like, God, like 100 hour work weeks because of the passion, but I wasn't getting anything sustainable out of that other than like the loss of all my hair and maintaining only the eyebrows over my eyes as the hair on my face. So I had to humble myself against my success. And by that, I mean stopping and realizing that there was nothing else that I wanted to do other than to be myself in the face of my acclaim. Because I had set the bar so high that at some point in the midst of it, the success was greater than me and I had lost myself in my work. So motivation for me now comes from a place of aggressively defining my self-worth against what I believe my previous success has been. So everything is in accordance to meeting or exceeding paralleling levels of previous acclaim. So far, so good. Uh, the one thing about this is that it allows for level setting in a very definite and real way in the sense that I can look at something I did five years ago and I could say I can hit that or I can exceed it. And from there, past the point of hitting or exceeding, it's then understanding how to best actualize for my own self-identity, my own self-potential, and my own self-worth. And being fervently attached to that, which I am. I sit here right now, it's February of 2021. And it's been 13 years of my life. And because of the fact that I have come to an agreement with success from a standpoint of me not knowing what I was doing necessarily, but just kind of chasing the dragon, where I've discovered that this is going to be me for the rest of my life, which is an audacious thing to consider 
when noting the idea that I'm doing my own work by my own hand to my own dream, to my own passion, to my own mission to be myself within that dream, that work, that passion that is all self-defined. Um, it's a weird thing. I We're open here. I go see a mental health professional. It's a key part of my life. It keeps me from climbing walls late at night. There's a weird thing about coming to self-agreement when you have a professional in your life whose goal it is is to help you and assist you in organizing your thoughts and organizing your ability to navigate the day-to-day minutiae of your life. Say right now, because of the work of the medical professional I see and the work of my own passion and desire, that the level of balance that I have I also believe in meditation. So it's, it's like a double balance. It's like a weird counterbalance of something already balanced. So I feel extraordinarily rooted then in this. To the notion of motivation, being rooted and being motivated, it sets a scenario where the sky's the limit. As I look up at my ceiling. I say this to people because people ask me the question all the time, like, why are you so motivated? I'm like, I'm motivated because I do what I want, how I want, where I want, when I want, why I want, and all of that meets in accordance with uh, being on the right side of history. In saying that, I say this to everybody. I say, if you can truly step into your best self in that way, then I think you'll find that there is unlimited, untapped potential for your ability to feel like you're living your most and best realized life within your best realized self. I could go on about this topic, but I feel like I've scratched enough of the surface to get everybody to sit and think more about these things. So if you need to find me on social media, you can find me at, at Marcus with a C, K Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G on all social media. As well, if you are interested in Get MKD podcast, you can find us on uh, at Get MKD. It's available on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to listen to the podcast or, you know, follow, like, subscribe, whatever, then feel free to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, anywhere where you're generally accessing podcasts. So, as always, I'll see you soon before I see you later. Have a great day.